Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Country Heat Weekly ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Did you ever think about changing the lyric? Because Nicole has blue eyes, so were you thinking like, eh, maybe is this going to make sense? It's a great song. And I just think people get too hung up on the need for every song to be about my wife instead of a a love song, right? Mm, So it can be owned by all kinds of people. Hey, y'all, it's Mitchell Tenpenny. We're Old Dominion. I'm Cody Johnson. Hey, everyone, this is Carrie Underwood. And I'm Keith Urban. My episode of Country Heat Weekly starts right now. You found the destination for country music fans. I'm Kelly Sutton, and Keith Urban is here, so you know it's going to be a good day. (laughs) Yes, it is. I'm Amber Anderson here in Nashville. We're going to talk to Keith about new music, the next album, the Speed of Now tour, and his new Las Vegas residency. Yeah, now, if you've seen Keith in Las Vegas before, this is all new. We're going to talk to him about what's different, spoiler alert, all of it, and what's appealing about staying in one place when he's such a road warrior. Our crew is still mining all of the interviews we did last week to bring to you, despite putting out two podcast episodes full of interview clips. There's still so much more for you to hear. We did 41 interviews between Radio Row and the backstage press room at the CMA Awards. And we talked to the stars about all kinds of things, including what they're most grateful for this Thanksgiving. You'll hear for yourself in a special Fly on the Wall segment a bit later in the show, where you drop in and eavesdrop on Radio Row sessions from last week. But first, we have to check in on what's burning up the Country Heat playlist and catch up on the non-CMA-related news in our What's Cooking segment. The country music news just kept coming in. I mean, we did not get a break. Well, Kelly Sutton made some headlines last week. (laughs) You turned on the Christmas lights at Opryland. There is no end to the perks for being an Opry announcer. You're right. It's really (laughs) cool. Now, the day after the CMA Awards, we were at the Gaylord Opryland Resort and Convention Center. And if you haven't been there for Christmas, you have to come see it. I was a part of the whole celebration where we got to flip the switch and turn on 5 million Christmas lights. (laughs) 5 million. Yeah, it's pretty pretty amazing to see it all happen. It is one of my favorite things in Nashville to do for Christmas, for sure. And that's where my husband and I met. Okay, so let's head into the kitchen to find out what else is cooking in country music. Award show season is here, friends. We're still not recovered from the CMA Awards, and they've already announced the Grammy nominations. Jimmy Allen was one of the many artists revealing the nominees, alongside Olivia Rodrigo, Machine Gun Kelly, Smokey Robinson, and John Legend. That happened Tuesday in Los Angeles. Do you have the list of country nominees in front of you, Kelly? I do. There are four country categories. We have album, song, solo performance, and duo or group performance. Miranda Lambert is in all four of them. Her duet with Luke Combs was nominated in the duo category. Also, we've got Luke, Willie Nelson, and Maren Morris, each getting three nominations. Uh, Let's see here. Oh, Taylor Swift in the best country song category is one that everybody's buzzing about right now. Also very excited for our girl, Kelsey Ballerini. She's up for best country solo performance, which is something I think we spoke into existence last week on Radio Row. You're like a master manifester. She really is. What else do we want to manifest? I know. I was Let's like, think of something right now. Okay. Um, Ballerini wins a Grammy. Ooh. Oh, yeah. 
That's it. There it is. Everyone? There it is. I just put that into the universe. Lock it down. Lock it down. Lock it down. Lock it down. Of course, we'll break down all the categories as we get closer to the show. Congratulations to all our country contenders. The Grammys get handed out February 5th in Los Angeles. And speaking of big honors in music, Dolly Parton was officially inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame last week. I'm a rock star now! This is a very, very, very special night for me. In celebration of this, we're going to encore her episode of Country Heat Weekly next week when we're off for Thanksgiving. Did you see she said she was making a rock and roll album with a bunch of guest stars? I'm not sure how I feel about that. Well, I don't think there's any danger that Dolly will forget where she came from. And with that East Tennessee twang, no matter how hard she tries to rock, it's going to sound a bit country. <laughs> That's very true. Very true. In other rock and roll news, Brantley Gilbert dropped a new album last week. It's called So Help Me God, and it includes a collaboration with Vince Gill and Blake Shelton. Okay, so how is that rock and roll news? Well, Brantley was already one of the most rocking artists in country music, but this year, he's been on the road with the rock outfit Five Finger Death Punch, and this album covers all of his influences. Sonically, we really just tried to put songs that sounded good together, but also songs that covered like a wide variety of genre influences. You know, you'll hear a song that's a straight rock song, then it'll bounce over to Son of the Dirty South with Jelly Roll, where he's, uh, we won't call it rapping, we'll call it talking fast. There's a lot of different songs, a lot of different songwriting styles on it. We also want to say congratulations to our girl, Brittany Spencer, on her new record deal. She signed with Electra Records and released three songs for her new label. My favorite is Better as Friends. She also has a cover of Cowboy Take Me Away from the Chicks that is stellar. One more piece of news that was actually announced last week, but we just haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. John Osborne of Brothers Osborne and his wife, fellow artist Lucy Silvis, have announced they're expecting twins. This news came out the morning of the CMA Awards. And then John brought it up on stage that night when they won Vocal Duo. I actually saw John the morning after the CMA Awards. I asked him about the speech and he said, you know, I wasn't expecting to say anything about it up there, but I looked down, I saw Lucy, it just came out. (laughs) Pure emotion. So given the talent in that baby's genes, you know those kids are going to be musical. Mm -hmm. And twins means maybe a new vocal duo in the family. My intention was to have uh, twins to raise our successors. So we'll raise them up and uh, yeah, we'll try to use as much nepotism as possible to get them into the industry. And but as long as we're in the game, I'm going to keep them out. <laughs> if they want to keep the baby's genders a secret, you better not tell John. <laughs> On the subject of CMA Awards, if you haven't had the chance to check out this show yet, you have a couple of options. The full show is available for streaming through ABC On Demand or Hulu. Or if you just want to relive your favorite performances over and over and over again, the CMA has created a playlist on YouTube. Time now for our Heat Index, which is a check of the songs on Amazon Music's Country Heat playlist. Country Heat is Amazon Music's flagship country playlist, and we basically co-opted the name since we're Amazon Music's flagship country podcast. So, should we start with Entertainer of the Year? Great idea. 
Luke Combs is on the playlist with a track called Going, Going, Gone. Like a whiskey shot and last call, it's like she was made for moving on. That girl is going, going, gone. You know, I, it started with the riff and the song. I kind of came up with that in, in Montana and just had always had that title in my phone. And, and uh, it just it just worked. It just matched the... The riff is what kind of what came first. I'd had that title forever and just didn't know what to do with it. And then the riff kind of kicked it off. We also got to chat with Carly Pierce about the song that sounds like it would be her last single from the 29 Written in Stone era. This song always rose its hand. I mean, from the very first time that I played it at the listening room, I which is there. a little club in Nashville. <laughs> you were, yes. I mean, it was like, whoa, this feels crazy. Um, I feel like I watched so many girls walk into my shows sad and they leave strong. And that's a really fun thing for me to get to see. And I feel like this song is one of those ones that just makes them, kind of reminds them, oh, this is about me. This is about what I need in a relationship and what I deserve. Yes. And so it feels like the right song to end the 29 chapter on. So I ain't gonna go and tell you what he did, but I'll tell you what he didn't do. Treat me right, put me first, be a man of his word, stay home cause he wanted to. Amazon Music's breakthrough artist Breland has a song on the playlist from his debut album, Cross Country. It's called For What It's Worth. But before we let him talk about the song, Amber had some business to take care of. Okay, so we really want you to come back and do the pod with Please. us yeah, let's do once it. more okay. for yeah. the years over. No, I would love to do that. Okay. For What It's Worth is on our playlist. So give us, give us a little backstory. For what it's worth. So good. I hope that you're happy now. Woo! It's yeah. like, one of my favorite songs. I love that song too, honestly. I I, I mean, I, I love most of the music that, I love all the music that I put out is what I'm supposed to say. But <laughs> this one I really, really love because I got a chance to show a different side of myself. Uh, I got a chance to really show some vulnerability, uh, some, you know, some strong lyricism, penmanship. It's like a country radio type record. Uh, and yeah, I'll definitely come back on the pod. We have it on tape, so it's happening. Yes, it is. Okay, so before we move on, just a reminder, you'll also find the latest tunes from Blake Shelton, Kelsey Ballerini, and Walker Hayes on the Country Heat playlist. Cole Swindell is the cover star this week. His remix of She Had Me at Heads Carolina leads off the list, which you'll find exclusively on Amazon Music. We're about to go to break, but first, I'm going to read you this quote from one of the artists on the Country Heat playlist, and you guys get to guess who said that. And then when we get back from the break, we'll play the audio to see if you were right. This week's quote is, to think this came out of a cabin in Murfreesboro at 9 a.m. after a quick Bible study is crazy. Okay, who said that? We'll tell you in just a minute right here on Country Heat Weekly. This is Keith Urban. It's Lainey Wilson. We're Dan and Shay. Hey, this is Kane Brown. And I'm Elle King. More Country Heat Weekly is on the way. Life is full of personal wins, whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list. Winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. 
Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Okay, it's time to tell you who said that. To think that this came out of a cabin in Murfreesboro at 9 a.m. after a quick Bible study is crazy. Jordan Davis! <laughs> Jordan was talking about the day he wrote the CMA Song of the Year by Dirt. Murfreesboro, for those not in Middle Tennessee, is a college town about 30 minutes south of Nashville. Not normally somewhere you would think about going to rent a cabin, but apparently you can. Sounds like the guys had a little divine intervention. Where to even start with the things we could say about Keith Urban? Should we talk about his four Grammys, his 13 CMAs, 15 ACMs, three AMAs, and two People's Choice Awards? Or how he has nine consecutive gold, platinum, or multi-platinum albums? Maybe we should talk about how, with his latest project, The Speed of Now Part One, Keith Urban earned his fourth album in a row to debut at number one in the U.S., Canada, and Australia. He truly is a global superstar. And not just because he was born in New Zealand and raised in Australia. Earlier this year, he kicked off his The Speed of Now World Tour 2022 with a series of sold-out club shows in the UK. Then he came to the US for more than 50 shows. But he's not done yet. Nope. He's going to wrap up the tour with a series of dates this December back home in Australia. He recently released a new song, Street Called Maine, which you can hear on the Country Heat playlist. And he announced an all-new Las Vegas residency for 2023. So basically, we have a lot to catch up on with Keith as he makes his first ever visit to Country Heat Weekly. Welcome to our Center Stage Spotlight. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks, Amber. We're happy to yeah, have you. we're so nice excited. Nice to be here. We have so much to talk about today, like so much. We have a long list of questions, but we want to start with the new music. First off, we got Brown Eyes Baby, yeah. which is not a song you wrote. No. Can you tell us how you found that Obviously not about my wife. Um, <laughs> Her that eyes was are blue, <laughs> right? That's the next question. Yes. We noticed. Uh, <laughs> a friend of mine called Joe Fisher, um, who I've known for a long time, sent me the song. He goes, I think, I think he'd really love this song. And I just, it was immediate. I loved the lyric. I loved the melody, everything about it. that that know you that you trust yeah. most when you're getting those songs because yeah. I mean it's not like you're you're getting pitched a lot are you right most of your I stuff? do I get pitched a lot do you really yeah okay and I listen to everything hundreds of songs that's a lot of time mm -hmm. yeah but at the same time it's it's for me it's very immediate whether a song speaks to me or not it's not about usually it's not about the quality of the song it's just about compatibility mm. it's like does this song it's like clothing right you see right. you see it and you go yep i like that yeah. i'm going to wear that jacket i'm going to buy that you know that mm -hmm. that suits me i can feel it i can tell okay that's what it's got to yeah. be i always wonder too because you have such a distinct sound i feel like you know and being an icon 
people are getting in rooms and trying to write for you. Right. I feel like that's the so worst many- thing anybody can do. <laughs> and I've gotten sent songs saying, "Hey, I was channeling you yeah. on Gold on Golden Road," and I'm like, I just know it. And you hit play, and you're like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> First of all, yeah, this would have been great 20 years ago. And yeah. it's just an unusual thing. I think you just write a song. Just write a great song. Yeah. Write a great song. Okay, so the next song you released is A Street Called Maine. Where did this one come from? Uh, another song I got sent and just loved it immediately. Again, lyric, melody... It just it just spoke to me right away. I, lo- I love I love all the imagery. If I'm ever on a street called Maine, boom, this is what I see. Yeah, it's got yeah. kind of a, a nostalgic Definitely, like kind yeah. of feel right. to yeah. it. Yeah. Do, does it take you back to like you know your childhood, your hometown? Is it reminiscent of anything that you know? This whole um, album that I've been working on, it started from me wondering at a certain point. What was the music that made me want to move to Nashville? What was I listening to and what was pulling me towards Nashville right at the very, very beginning? What was the country music that was being made and recorded at that time that spoke to me? Because I felt like I was going through a long period with, and missing a lot of that with certain, I, I couldn't find it. I couldn't feel it. That's really what it was. There was a lot of music being made and I couldn't feel what I felt and I thought, I don't think it's, a, it's an of its time thing. I think there's, a, there's an emotive aspect to the melody and the lyric that I've been missing. And suddenly I started hearing these songs like Brown Eyes Baby, like Street Called Maine. I was like, that, that's the, that's the kind of song that made me want to come to Nashville. So there was this strong thread through all of these songs that's more of a feeling than anything. If you were going to make a playlist of the songs that you were listening to that were drawing you here, yeah. like I know you love Don Williams and that's like a cornerstone, but in going through the things that were more present and, and a little bit more contemporary, yeah. what were some of the things that you were listening to that you Well, were that's like, the thing I think contemporary is a great word because that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Even when I look at my dad's record collection, I suddenly realized there was very few hats in there. He loved Merle Haggard. He loved Glenn Campbell. He yeah. loved Charlie Pride. He loved... Uh, Don Williams was was about the only hat wearer, I think. But all the Jim Reeves, like yeah. all these country artists, it was crazy. Johnny Cash, none of them wore hats. They were they were, and and certainly in cases like Glenn Campbell, and and then further on Alabama groups like that, mm. Lee Greenwood, Dan Seals, yeah, so and so. There was Vince Gill. I mean, so many long list of contemporary country artists that you know, obviously were influencing me. So all those artists would be in there. I love that. When we look at the artwork for Street Called Maine, you have this boombox <laughs> over your head, and I'm like, oh my gosh, John Cusack, Say, say anything. anything, one yeah. of my favorite movies. Yeah, uh, me too. Intentional? Intentional, absolutely. Okay. Yes. I've been wanting to do that image for a long time and just had to find the right song. And then I thought it'd be great for Street Called Maine because it's kind of calling out to the girl, okay. even, even just in memory. We're going to go down a rabbit hole. You ready? Oh, okay. I mean, when you when Taylor releases Midnights and we just start looking for Easter eggs, of course, that <laughs> just leads you into, like, there are Easter eggs everywhere. You're really yeah. good at that. And we're in it. <laughs> so, it's a dangerous and close to conspiracy theories, by the way, but let's call them Easter eggs. Hat. Here we go. Get your tinfoil hat on. Here we go. Um, the artwork for Brown Eyes Baby featured a cassette tape. Yes. Then we have the boom box over your head for Street Called Maine. Correct. 
boom boxes, cassette tapes. Where are we going here? Is this Well, the don't theme? forget the very first single, which is Wild Hearts. And the very opening of that video is me putting a cassette into a boom Ooh. box and hitting play. Okay, so I'm not crazy. No. Well. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see the tinfoil hat yeah. under the chair. It's fine. But that's I made fine. you one too. It's okay. Oh my gosh. So give us some of the, the it, this feels like we're being um, led into a certain arena. Are we? Um, there's a feeling, okay. I think, in this album that uh, makes me feel the same way that a lot of that technology did. Cassettes, oh, yeah, and, you know, crazy things like Walkmans and all that sort of Gosh, crazy I'm, stuff, oh, you know. Miss those and days, I just saw yeah. a, a Joji video recently that just came out brand new, and sure enough, he's got his little Walkman, pops the cassette in there. It's got that fantastic. Do you remember the first cassette you bought? I don't know. It was probably a blank one, so I could record something. <laughs> Truly, I bet it was a blank off one. Of yeah, radio. Off the radio. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. You were lining Trying it to up. Pass that song up and hope they'd say who it was. And when the DJ would hit the post, <laughs> and you're like, "No, yeah, you yeah. just burned the whole <laughs> intro. Now I got to wait for you to play it again." Yeah. So it's been more than two years since the Speed of Now Part One. Mm-hmm. When are we getting Part Two? Don't know. The great thing about sequels is that they can be years apart, can't they? The mystery continues. <laughs> <laughs> you can have a lot of projects in between them. Certain songs will come along at some point and okay. start to form what would be uh, a companion piece to Speed It Now. You know, when we start to get singles from you as well, it gets us excited about what's to come. So give Thank us you. details on the new project. Thank you. Are we leading into a new book? Uh, yes. So these, all these songs will go together to form a whole new album coming out next year. Okay. Yes. What else can you tell us? Kelly's <laughs> <laughs> like, more, more, tell more, us more. Give us more. <laughs> I think um, it's, a, for me, probably, like I said earlier, a, a, this a desire to create certain music started probably before Speeder Now. Okay. And it really was to do, it's probably right around when I did Graffiti U, and I was wondering about where my music was going, where my muse was going. Because I just follow my muse. I don't know where my muse goes. I know it may sound weird to some people, but truly, I think I've always just showed up and created. And it's either been what I was wanting to do or it becomes something else. And I go, oh, okay, apparently we're not doing that. We're going to go over here. And I just follow it. I've always followed the flow of creativity, always. And then, because for me, an album is like a photograph. Mm. You take a photo, you go, boom, that's what you two girls look like. And then, and then, so in six months' time, you probably won't look like that. You know what I mean? And you go, well, that's who I was. That was an accurate picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, to me, is what an album is. You take a photo to capture who you are at that time. Is the next photo going to be a photo of a photo and have a retro feel to it? It's like it's a labyrinth right there. Isn't it? <laughs> it's like the a, layers. I, just, I think it's like a, if you like a Ruby's Cube with 12 sides. Truly, What's going on here? Don't peel the stickers off to solve it. <laughs> if you, but I'm thinking like if you have this really cool retro feel to it, then it almost is like a photograph of a photograph. I think you know the retro I mean? part is not so much retro as it is a feeling that okay. is really more timeless. Got it. You know, that that's kind of what it is for me. Because it's not about, it's like we talked about earlier, people sending me things going, oh, this is what you, you know, this is, I got inspired by listening to Golden Road. And I'm like, right, that was 20 years ago, man. You know, so my thing is always, you can take a, a, a retroism thing, but what's the mod twist? What's the, what's the modernism? What's yeah. the new, the fresh right. aspect of it? Because mm-hmm. I've heard it. Otherwise, it's derivative. Mm. It's like someone goes, oh, we just signed this band, and they're exactly like Zach Brown. And I go, Zach Brown and who? 
And they go, no, no, they sound exactly like, and I go, well, that's a shame. Yeah. There's, there's already a Zach Brown, you know, right, yeah. and it's that kind of thing. So I think there's always going to be a fresh new twist on it, but there should be a feeling. Right. So hopefully the feeling is what's consistent through the record. I like that. Yeah. And it's safe to assume you've got some writing credits on this new project. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. That's so exciting. And I'm still writing right now. So, yeah. yeah, okay. It's definitely not done. When you first stepped back on stage, what was your first place back and what was that feeling? Las After, Vegas. Was it? Yeah. It was the residency. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it had been 542 days or something from when we did our last gig to the next one, which is insane, right? Mm-hmm. And I swear within two songs, it literally felt like we played the week before. Really? Yeah. Like no time had passed. It's like it was, riding a bike. It was amazing. <laughs> it was <laughs> you jump right back in. Yeah. This tour was incredible. We got to see it here in Nashville. And it was, I remember leaving and immediately texting my friend. She was like, how was it? And I was like, I can't even describe it. It was just watching you and the way that you structure your show. I mean, just from the beginning where you're like, we're about to go from Broadway to the big time. And I'm like, oh, we have a theme. Like, <laughs> this is so fun, right? <laughs> And, you know, with your shows, it especially that one and, and on this tour, it's very loose. It feels it mm. feels very in the moment, which is what mm. you really thrive on and, and you talk about a lot. Mm. So what is that like for the band? Is there a playlist or is it more of a, hey, we kind of have a, a rough outline and then we're just going to go where we go? It's that. Okay, yeah. that's what I figured. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you make quarterback calls throughout the show, extend bits, shorten bits. Mm-hmm. Um, just so you can be in the moment. Yeah. It's, it's key. It's why I struggle to have, you know, the in-air monitors. Mm-hmm. I've always struggled to have two of them in. I've always just had one in because I have to be in the same space as the audience to, to know what, what's needed. Yeah. You get, I, I mean, it's it's a trade-off because I know it's not good for your hearing to have one out. <laughs> yeah. It's just not. Yeah. I get it. Uh, but I've got to be in the same space as them. Well, it translates mm-hmm. in a way that can't really even be described because you don't see that Often, when you brought the little girl up from the back right, who yeah. had the sign, <laughs> I mean, and that you could see back there, it wasn't just somebody this right there in your eyeline. Like, you right. made the intention of seeing the girl at the very back of the arena and the time it took for her to walk to the front. And everybody's <laughs> going crazy. And, like, we all felt like we were a part of that moment with her and her that family, nice. like, coming up on stage yeah. and taking a picture with you. I think that's just just commendable because I know that takes intention and effort and it's appreciated by anyone who comes out to see you. I think it's it's just so awesome. It was such a good time. Thank you. We sang really loud. Good. <laughs> and danced a yeah, lot. it was loud. <laughs> so speaking of the crowd, you tend to go out into the crowd, mm. which there were a lot of people mm. grabbing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like that's, so what do you get out of those close encounters with fans? Claw marks. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Chunks of hair missing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm glad my wife knows what I do for a living because I literally have come home one time with like a triple claw right across my chest, like huge, big, like looks like Teen Wolf's grabbed me. Are you ever scared when you're out there? No. I, there's something about, um, it, it's as in the moment as you're ever going to get. Yeah. And and you just don't, you, who knows what's happening. I mean, I don't, I, I like, when I say this, I don't mean to jinx about, I like unpredictability in those moments. This, the, it's, it's true. It's true. We're in the moment. Here we are. It's, we're in the moment. 
we're going to make it from here to the stage, hopefully, and and back. <laughs> back uh, safely. <laughs> First place back after 500 and something days was Las Vegas, <laughs> yeah. and you're going back to yeah. Las Vegas. Yeah. Brand new residency, Planet Hollywood. Tell yeah. us about that. Yeah, very excited. Um, I haven't played there before, so putting together a whole new show for that. New stage, new lights, new set list, the whole thing, right? Everything. Yeah. From scratch. Conceptually, everything uh-huh. about it. Yeah. It's going to be really exciting. What do you enjoy about the residency experience, like staying in one place as opposed to moving around the country? I think you can do something with production. It doesn't rely upon having to be packed up and moved every night because it limits some of the things you can do on stage if you've got to pack it up and move it every night. So when you're in a place and it's static, you can have a bit more fun with all of that. Yeah. How big do you dream when you start thinking about Vegas? Because, I mean, listen. Definitely have to rein it in. Well, the sky, <laughs> the sky is the limit. You know, you go there and, like, we, we saw Silk Sonic there and we were like, so much pyro. And then it right. rains. And it's tricky because you your production can overpower you really fast. Mm-hmm. And then you can actually miss the very thing that you wanted in that performer, which was a, a sense of connection. So I think trying to balance all that is always key. Mm-hmm. So there are more quiet moments and stripped down moments that will be. I think I have everything. Yeah, I mean, I try and do it in our own shows, even where there's yeah. you know, dynamics. Mm-hmm. It's the only way to make two hours go by really fast is to keep it ebbing and flowing and moving and shifting all the time. Because yeah. what you want is to the last song. You want people to go, I'm like, "Is that it?" And then they go, "Oh my god, it's two hours and fifteen. What the." You that know, happened to me. That's like yeah. my favorite concerts always do that to me. <laughs> that's yeah. the best. Are you still going to be able to have that interaction with fans like you had oh, on definitely. the road where, you know, they're calling out songs definitely, they want to hear? Definitely. Okay. I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You have to. I mean, that's that's a big, that's kind of ground zero for me is that immediacy. But also you have to make sure that when somebody gives you that deep cut, you're like, lyrics. Do I remember the lyrics mm. from 20 years ago? <laughs> yeah. look it up. Yeah, it's not. I, I sometimes have little potholes in that little road of of lyric thought. You You're know. like, you asked for this yeah, one. Not that it song. With me. <laughs> Anything was, with that one. The first time I did um, Jay Leno's show, and I had You'll Think of Me, I think it was You'll Think of Me, and we were backstage and the thing's about to open and Jay's introducing me. This little voice in my head goes, Boy, be bad time to forget the opening lyrics. And I went, shush, 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 shush. You know, and it's like, <laughs> and this little guy is psyching me out in my head. And I went, I'm good, I'm good. I'm like, we start the song and literally this voice is like, what's the first line? You don't even know the first line. I'm like, I do, I do, I do. And it's like, what is it? And I go, well, I can't think of it, but it's going to come. It's going to come. Just shush, shush, stop. Oh. Literally while I'm playing the intro, this is all in nanoseconds. Oh and this voice keeps going, you don't know the lyric. And I'm like, I will, I will, I will. I can't think of it right now, but it'll just naturally appear. It's it'll just naturally appear. Will it better? Because here it comes. It'll come. Do you know what it is? Nope. Here we go. Up. Oh. Nothing blank. Just completely blank. Like. <laughs> Are you kidding? I was like. <laughs> oh. Oh my gosh. Cut, you know, and we had a few seconds to regain our composure and go at it again. But it was like this little voice goes, told you. Oh my gosh. "Ah." You just, you can't think about it. Right. If the bird thought about landing on the branch, it would miss every time because it's a complicated maneuver. It's just got to naturally do it. (laughs) It's like the muscle memory. Muscle memory. That's what it is. Correct, yeah. Go out there, hear the melody, and then it just comes out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, when you're singing along with a song, yes. you know all the words so long as they're strung together. Yep. If someone said, what's the third line? You go, uh, I'd have to put all the first ones oh, no. to get to it. Right? <laughs> Same here. I mean, listen, I still do that with the alphabet. Are you kidding? <laughs> 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 Elemental P. 
And they're saying it backwards for a sobriety test. I can't say it backwards sober. What that? That's a trick. Ridiculous. That is a trick. Yeah, just put the cuffs on. If you even try, then you know. Listen, we are so excited about the show. That's a good theory. You say if you actually attempt it, you must be drunk. I had someone tell me that's hilarious. No, one of my that's why they say it. Oh. My cop friends like if you even try, then they know. Oh, that's excellent. if you just go. Come on, I can't do that. I'm dead sober. I can't handle that. See, I would go. See, you know, I can't do that. I'm hammered. Oh, no. damn. <laughs> Said too much. Talking <laughs> too much. I'm so oh excited about this residency. We are so yeah. happy for all the Thank good you. things to come. Thank you. We'll get more on this top secret project. TBD. Yeah, we're waiting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do we know? <laughs> well, already Wild Hearts is on it, yes. Brown Eyes Baby's mm-hmm. on yes. it, and Street Called Main's on it. So we got Are tracks. we thinking that by the time summer happens in the United States, that we would have this project? Yes, I hope so. That's, okay. That's the okay. plan. That would I be need great. markers. I need time markers I do for too. things. So that feels We have good. to have an opening night, or we'll just rehearse infinitely. Las Vegas, look out. He's coming, coming back. And we're coming too. Yeah, we are. <laughs> it's happening. Keith, thank you for coming in. Thanks, thank Kelly. you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Amber. Thank you. <laughs> okay, y'all. One of the things that didn't make the interview cut was our suggestion to Keith that there needs to be a mashup of Crystal Gale's Don't It Make My Brown Eyes Blue with his song, Brown Eyes Baby. Keith was not impressed with that idea. He was not. <laughs> I don't know if we didn't explain it right or he just didn't have time to think it through. But truly, Keith's song is the answer to Crystal's song. He is the knight in shining armor to her damsel in distress. Listen. played it for him. Yes. (laughs) And you know what? This would make a great Opry live performance moment. If they're ever booked on the same night, I'm going to try to make this happen. I think you have some pull. (laughs) This is the last episode before Thanksgiving, so we're doing a special holiday edition of our Fly on the Wall feature. This is where you get to eavesdrop on our chats with the stars. Throughout the last month, we've been talking to artists and asking them what they're most thankful for in 2022. El King had a long list. I'm most grateful for this experience of making this album. And um, I didn't realize that I had the capability and the freedom to be myself. And when I've been in other genres, I felt like I've had to fight to be this person that I thought that I had to be. And it wasn't until I came into country music and especially making the process of making this record and touring all year with the Stapletons and being around, you know, these country fans who are the best in the world. And I never realized that I could be accepted truly for who I am. And I'm grateful that I've been given this opportunity to share more of myself, share about my family, share where I truly come from and get to start a new chapter in my life and in motherhood and in music. And everybody in the band is all, you know, moving to Nashville. And I'm grateful for the community. I know you probably asked for one thing, but I I think that it's just an endless list. 
I just, I'm, I'm grateful for the awareness to be in a state of extreme gratitude this whole year. And I hope that I can carry that through to next year. So did Cody Johnson. Everything. Uh, this has been one of those years where I've got to spend more time with my wife and kids uh, than I ever have. I've been able to spend more time on my ranch at home, putting in time building my brand. And that's really important to me. And all the things that I've worked for for the last 15 years of my musical career are starting to come true. And it's starting to happen. So it's been like one of those years where I, I mean, I, it's kind of unbelievable, honestly. You can't really pinpoint one thing. Russell Dickerson is grateful to be busy, although he is looking forward to being just a little less busy. Honestly, it's the bittersweet of how crazy this year has been. It's been crazy because it's been such a successful year. To even be in the position I'm in now, putting out my third album, to have the success I've had, I'm excited to shut down, finish this last tour, and sleep for a long time. I think the pandemic really shed a different light on work and travel and busyness for people. Not just for entertainers, but all of us are glad to be doing what we love in a more normal way. And that was certainly true for Dustin Lynch. That I get to do my dream job still, and that's play music and entertain. And I'm honest. I mean, this is just honest answer. I love it. Uh, I can't wait to get back out there. We just got home, and I'm like, man, I can't wait till March, so... That's what I'm most thankful for. All of my fans that keep me living the dream. I think we knew Lainey Wilson's answer before we even asked the question. Um, my daddy's health being back to, um, I wouldn't say normal, but bouncing back. Family was a theme for Jelly Roll, Mickey Guyton, Keith Urban, and Scotty McCreary. I'm thankful for my family and us spending time together when we can. Oh, man. I'm most grateful for, and I think forever and ever more, would be my son. I just love that little guy so much. Every day, I'm grateful for him. Oh, my gosh. Uh, our family's health and touring again. Oh, that's easy. My new, my new best friend, Avery, my kid. So we're off next week for the holiday weekend. Yeah, we know y'all are going to be watching football on Thursday and arguing over that last slice of pumpkin pie. But next week in your feed, we are going to give you an encore of one of my personal favorite episodes of the past year when Dolly Parton was on the podcast. If you're a newer listener to the pod, Dolly was center stage the week after the ACM Awards. So last March, we had a great chat with her about hosting the show as well as her two big projects at the time, her new book with James Patterson and the accompanying album. Then we'll be back after Thanksgiving with episodes featuring new dad, Scotty McCreary, Cody Johnson, and fingers crossed, Bestie Breland. I cannot wait to check in with him on how his year as Amazon Music's breakthrough artist has gone. So much has changed for him since he was first on our podcast last February. Mm -hmm. Okay, where are you spending Thanksgiving, Kelly? I'm going to be right here. The whole family is coming to us. They're all going to be at my house. And then the day after Thanksgiving, I'm hosting the Grand Ole Opry. Sounds like a really good solid <laughs> holiday. Okay, what about you? I'm going to be right here on my couch watching football. Oh, a little jealous. This happy is a clam. <laughs> I'll go home for Christmas. I usually stay here for Thanksgiving and then go home for Christmas. I might come over to your house. Please. When it gets too loud at mine. Yeah. <laughs> You're always welcome. Well, to everyone out there listening, safe travels if you are going somewhere for the holiday. And just know that we are incredibly thankful for you out there on the other end of this podcast. <laughs> 
can't wrap this episode without one last very important burning question. Just in case you haven't finished planning your menu yet, we surveyed the stars to find out their favorite Thanksgiving side dish. Most unexpected answer came from Dirk Bentley. Well, I grew up in Arizona, so it'd be refried beans for me. Mexican food, Thanksgiving, oh yeah. Okay, I was shocked. Me I too. never heard that. <laughs> me either. <laughs> Honestly, it does sound way better than Jackson Dean's favorite side dish. Beets, sliced beets. Oh, my mama does it. She uh, she, she does it. No, we, we have it every year. We she, They cook for an army, so there'll be like 30 of us get together, and it's just like massive table of food. It's great. Oh, no, I don't like beets. I kind of like beets. Really? Yeah, and it's really weird for me, but uh, yeah, I do. Well, for me, my favorite side dish is very traditional, green bean casserole. How about you, Amber? Sweet potato casserole. But it's got to have the marshmallow and the little brown sugar crunchies on the top. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Brett Young, Justin Moore, and Gary Lavox have some family traditions. It's my mom's homemade gravy. Everybody has gravy, but for whatever reason, I don't know if it's a little bit saltier than most, but it's exactly the same every year for my whole life for as long as I can remember. My mom does the dressing. Her and my dad actually do it together. My wife's corn casserole, my mom's lumpy mashed potatoes and gravy, my brother's stuffing, and I I could just care less about cranberry sauce. I really could. Here are a few more hot takes, or should we say hot side dishes, from Dylan Scott, Ryan Hurd, Maren Morris, Scotty McCreary, and Matt Stell. I love the dressing. The dressing and the the cranberry sauce. I just, I love it. My favorite Thanksgiving side is, I think, mashed potatoes. Yeah, I mean, anything carb-related, but, I mean, I think when it's done right, like, green bean casserole is the jam. Oh, heck yeah. Love some deviled eggs, right? Mm. Oh, it's my, this is not even close. This is my grandma Mary Ruth Stell's cornbread sage dressing. I know it's the holidays when that big old-looking tin of, I mean, it's the size of, like, a like a kangaroo coffin. It's so big. <laughs> Did he say kangaroo coffin? I mean, how many kangaroos have you actually buried, Matt? This is disturbing. (laughs) I mean, at least they're getting a proper burial. Country Heat Weekly is a production of Amazon Music and Wondery. Executive producer is Melissa Locker for Nevermind Media. Senior producer is Joyce Reiser. Recording engineer, Aaron Dethridge. Sound design by Debbie Daughtry. Production assistance from Rick Hamilton, Annie Reuter, Madeline O'Connell, Tim Einenkel, and Jeremy Chua. Our theme song, Country Time, was written and performed by Mia Byrne. The team for Amazon Music and Wondery includes Nathan Brackett, Michelle Kammerer, Emily Feld, Callum Blues, Emily Belote, and Jenny Tay. The executive producers for Wondery are Dave Easton and Marshall Louie. Production support services from Marley, Steve, Grace, Winnie, Moses, Wicket, Osmo, Abby, Scraps, and all the other very good dogs out there. Find and follow Country Heat Weekly on Amazon Music, the Wondery app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So you'll get the latest episodes just as soon as they drop. I'm Shimol Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense that you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost. But now I'm coming back as a judge 
and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully no one will die on station night. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.